Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone subscribing, following, listening, of course, watching the podcast here on our 94 WIP YouTube page. Leave comments, leave uh, your ratings, and, and we'll take uh, whatever you have to say, including your questions for a mailbag episode coming up soon here. Tucker Bag will join me in a few minutes as the Phillies continue to roll, really playing their best baseball. I mean, this this is good, and the Phillies are really putting themselves in great position to not only make the playoffs, but to be the number one wild card. It feels like the the next wave, right? So you have the the division winners, the division leaders, and I think they're all going to win their division. You know, the Braves, obviously – the Dodgers in the West, and, and Milwaukee's opened up a pretty nice lead in the Central. So they're ahead. And then you have the Phillies, like they live in their own little world, as, as clearly the top wild card. And then there's a scrum of about five teams all just going to cannibalize each other until the last week of the season for those final two spots. The Phillies are in a great space, you know, considering it, it's almost – you go back before they expanded the playoffs, and there used to be this thing where if you had two great teams in a division, Yankees-Red Sox were like this for a period of time – during kind of the height of that rivalry, you know, by the time you got to a certain period of the season, you realize they're both going to the playoffs and it's just a matter of who's going to win the division or not. And then if one had kind of jumped five or six or seven games over the other, that wild card team, which is kind of the Phillies in this analogy, they're not really chasing anybody because they can't catch the Braves. And obviously really, I don't think anyone's going to catch them if they continue to play like this. So it's a good spot for the Phillies to be in. The offense has been electric, you know, over 50 home runs in the month of August. Trey Turner has, you know, had the best month we've seen by a, not even close to any of the other months. Like just an incredible month for Trey Turner to to really put his season back, and he's got a chance to end this as having about an average season, which seemed impossible, you know, about just about three weeks ago. So great run by Trey, Bryce Harper's power, all that. The offense has been incredible. They're up to tenth now in runs per game, and I I think there's even a great feeling about Zach Wheeler and even Aaron Noel turning a corner. So. If there's one major thing we need to figure out and the Phillies need to figure out between now and the start of the postseason, it's who slots in next. Wheeler one, I'm comfortable with Aaron Nola two, and he's got the highest upside to be your number two starter in the postseason, and we've seen him do it before. Okay, then what about game three? And game three is, is an interesting conversation to have because big picture in the playoffs, it's important. But small picture, it's even more important. We know the wild card series is a best of three. And you might say, Joe, listen, they're going to they're gonna knock out the Giants or the Cubs or the Diamondbacks in two at Citizens Bank Park. This doesn't matter. Well, it does. Because, number one, they might not knock them out in two. They might have to play a game three to advance to the NL Division Series. And number two on this scenario, there's not many days off in October with, with the extra rounds they've put in. So, I, we'll look at the exact dates, but I don't think the pitchers that could that pitch one and two could come back and pitch game one, or at least it'd be more challenging to pitch game one, you know, based on that scenario. I'm, I'm thinking back to last year and the NL wildcard series against the Braves. You know, the Phillies, I, I don't think they were able to bring their pitchers back the same one and two. I mean, it, it you, you have to have a third starter. Let's just put it that way. You have to have a third starter to pitch in the postseason and significantly pitch. You get away with the fourth, like the Phillies did last year, but you need that number three to, to pitch and, and take the ball. So here's my perspective. And I know I know Taiwan Walker leads the Phillies in wins. Like last I was what, win number 14? You know, old school 
feeling on Taiwan Walker. It's like, wow, he's 14 and five. You watch him though, and I'm just never that impressed. He's fine. He's obviously settled in. Uh, you know, April, May, he was pretty bad, and he's been better since then. He's settled in. But I never feel fully comfortable when Taiwan Walker's on the mound. And although he's been the most durable, dead arm about two weeks ago, but for the most part, he's been durable, not on the IL. He's been durable. He's been okay, solid, you know, pretty good the entire year. I don't trust him in October. And you think about his issues, which are always seemingly in the first inning. And do you want that in a game three, a deciding game against the Giants or the Cubs? You know, Bellinger up there or, you know, whatever – whatever platoon guy the Giants used that day, Wilmer Flores, Lamont Wade, boom, home run to start the game. And the Phillies are down one nothing or 2 nothing early. I don't. In an elimination game, like that would be that would be nerve-wracking. So I'm not comfortable with, with Taiwan Walker as my game three starter. And then you fast forward. Let's say they, they sweep that first round. They get to Atlanta. You want Walker in one of those first two games in Atlanta? I don't. So despite his record, despite how he's been solid, he settles down, I just don't. I don't have a good feeling on Taiwan Walker. So the other options are Michael Lorenzen, who will watch pitch tonight, Christopher Sanchez, who has shockingly put himself in the conversation. I don't think we could just throw Sanchez away and say he's not part of the conversation. And then there's Michael Lorenzen. So all of them come with some upside. All of them come with some downside. And, and it's why I think it's going to be difficult for the Phillies to make this decision. Like the next month really is about – Who's the number three starter in the playoffs? Can they get JT more rest? Can they keep the offense going? Make sure everyone is healthy. That rest versus rust debate that I'm sure we're going to have down the last two weeks of the season. How much do they give these guys days off versus not? Can Bryce Harper play more first base so they keep Schwarber out of the outfield in the playoffs? You know, all these are the questions we're going to have and the Phillies are going to have and have to figure out as we get closer to the playoffs. But nothing Nothing tops the number three starter. That that's a critical question. Now, as I sit here today, Lorenzen, who will go tonight, certainly is is put himself at the top of the list just just because he's pitched the most effectively at his best the last month. But I come back to Ranger Suarez, and he faced hitters yesterday. The plan is on this next road trip when the Phillies are finally done at home. And they go to, I think it's what, Milwaukee, San Diego at the end of the week, you know, into next week, that Ranger Suarez could jump back in the rotation. That this probably won't take a minor league rehab assignment, but whatever. It, it doesn't matter. It takes another week or so. Ranger Suarez probably back soon coming off the hamstring. As I sit here today, my, my trust factor is just with Ranger. Ranger Suarez, I trust him. It, it's based on years of watching him get big outs in any role. Last year in October, we know what he did in every role. If you're telling me right now that there's an elimination game, game three, it's 1-1 against the Giants or the Cubs or the Diamondbacks at Citizens Bank Park in early October, and everybody's rested, everybody's healthy, you know, Wheeler won seven in game one, Nolan won six and thirds in game two, nobody is is so taxed that they they had to, you know, no one got knocked out in the first inning, so they had to put Ranger or Lorenz in it. Everybody's up, right? Everybody's available. I'm handing the ball to Ranger Suarez to start the game. That's my guy. I'm handing it to him, and then I'm piggybacking him with a guy like Michael Lorenzen coming out of the bullpen. We know he's done that before. He throws hard, and then I'll try to get with those two to the back end of my bullpen. That's the way I would set up a game three. Now, as you move forward through the postseason, it gets a little more complicated because it it really – I think it hurts the Phillies if they can't or don't want to use Taiwan Walker. He's not a reliever. He's strictly a starter. 
Meanwhile, Lorenzen and Ranger give you options out of the bullpen as you move through the playoffs. You get to a five-game NL wildcard series, a divisional series. You get to a seven-game NLCS World Series. It helps. If Walker makes more sense as a starter, he's just hard for me to trust. Like, so maybe you keep him around. I, I don't know, like Kyle Gibson role. So if you're up 3-1 in a series or up 2-1, you could throw him out there and hope for the best. I, I don't know. I mean, Walker has not pitched badly to where he – has no place on this team. But I'm also just kind of stacking the options here, and I, I trust Ranger Suarez more. I like Michael Lorenzen's stuff more, even though he has had, you know, he's reaching that he's reaching that landings limit. You know, he's getting to that point now where we don't know what his arm's going to look like September, October, and he has a lot of postseason, uh, excuse me, bullpen experience to kind of lean on. So I, I, I think the versatility helps Lorenzen be a big part of this, but maybe hurts him. As a starter, and then before we bring Tucker, and there's the element of Christopher Sanchez, which I, I don't know if the Phillies foresaw this. I mean, I'll say it this way: there's no way they foresaw this because they kept him at AAA for most of the year, a lot of the year, as they didn't have a fifth starter. So they obviously didn't believe he could be this good, and now he is. I mean, Christopher Sanchez has made 13 starts. He has a 3.33 earned run average. This isn't one or two or three or four starts. This is. It's a good amount. He's pitched 70 innings. He's allowed way less hits uh, than innings pitched. He doesn't walk many batters. He strikes at almost a batter an inning. If you look at adjusted ERA, he's been the best guy on uh, in the rotation. I mean, all, all of that is 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 real. Now you look at his fielding independent pitching, which takes everything into account. You know, walks, strikeouts, home runs allowed, like things that are typically the pitcher's control. It's Okay, it's a little bit better than Walker. It's a little bit. Be it's better than Lorenzen. Uh, it's not quite as good as Ranger Suarez. So he's kind of in that middle there. But he's been more effective. I I think the next month or so is going to be critical to finding out. Number one is Ranger. Can Ranger get healthy? And can he look himself? That's one. Two. What is the state of Lorenzen's arm? Is he is he feeling fresh heading into October? Is he really available as a starter, or are we going to trend towards? the bullpen game or the bullpen role for Lorenzen. And, you know, we could also come back to all those pitches that let him throw in those, that no hitter, which was electric, but I don't know. He hasn't looked really the same to me since then. So you have that element. Can Walker find himself and be the best version of himself? And can they trust Christopher Sanchez? Like this is a team of veterans, a team all into winter world series. And yet it's, we have almost an unknown or very little known, like a, a quadruple a pitcher in some people's minds that could take down a postseason start. So uh, here's the way I'm doing it. I'm going Wheeler. I'm going Nola. I'm going Suarez. I'm going with what I know, what I could trust. If they get through that first round and it's a five-game series, you probably need four starters. I'm going to add Lorenzen if he's healthy that, and, and he's fresh. I, I would put him out there as my fourth guy. But Christopher Sanchez is pushing for this, and – I just don't love the idea of Taiwan Walker against a big time offense like the Braves or the Dodgers. That scares the heck out of me. Tucker, what are you thinking? As um, you know, you know some, some things have crystallized. Like right. Nola's, Nola's come, come back to the point where, where you feel you feel better right now. Right. He's going to clearly get a start. But then it's about who's the number three, and I just I don't trust Taiwan Walker. No, and it's weird because I mean he led baseball and wins for a little while. He picked up his 14th of the year last year. Like they they do win baseball games when he's pitching, but you kind of look at you know how the first inning unfolded, and it really happens at least once a game. And there's something to be said for how Taiwan Walker pitches out of trouble and the way he's able to limit damage. But you play a team like the Braves, who look more and more like the 27 Yankees every day. 
you might not get out of the first inning after loading the bases only giving up one run. And in a postseason series, if you you know give up four or five in the first inning, that could be it. Like it could be over. Like if you're going against Max Fried or Spencer Strider, I don't like your chances coming back from from down from a big early deficit. So that that scares me to death. That he's a guy who can pitch well and can limit damage and has been rather effective, but I don't know if he can be trusted. And it's kind of interesting as we talk about this because I think we can agree there's more rotation depth with this team right now than there was a year ago. The issue is you only have two guys who I think are a certainty. And even that is maybe, you know, speaking a little bit much, depending on what you think of Aaron Nola. But last year, you kind of look at, you know, how they got through the national league. They played what 11 games. And I think eight of them were started by Nola Suarez and Wheeler. I mean, that was it. Like that was your rotation. Then you had spot starts from guys like Noah Syndergaard and, and, you know, other guys out of the bullpen, Bailey Falter pitch game four of the NLCS. I just, I, I think those spots are better off because you actually have legitimate major league starting pitchers at the back end of your rotation. But the number three spot, like think about Suarez pitch game one of the NLDS and shut down the Braves through five shutout innings to, to start that series and really set the tone. He came in at the end of the NLCS and, and won that game. He, he started, uh, you know, early in the world series. And I just, if he's healthy and hopefully he's back to that guy, you, you sure think that he has a chance to do that. But I don't know. It, it's weird because this team is almost backwards when it comes to their rotation in that they finally have a five-man rotation. Like all the people who hate bullpen days and openers, like you can rejoice. There's a full rotation on this team. The issue is only like 40% of it, I think, is actual playoff caliber starting pitching. Well, you're right about that. And the one thing about game three in particular, if they do – have to do that in that first round is the Phillies is a couple times last year. And, you know, Tucker brought up traditional versus, you know, finally a five man rotation. The, the Phillies, I, I give them credit because they have been, they've been progressive in a lot of ways with pitching. I, I think with offense and hitting, you know, that they, they've kind of leaned on just everyday players and paying a lot of money for guys they could count on. They haven't, they haven't really mixed and matched much since the, you know, the 2018, 2019 years, but pitching, I, I think they are pretty, progressive in, in how they deploy things. They're not afraid, they're afraid to do bullpen games, mix and match. I think they're good at that. And and that they're kind of where they should be, you know, compared to the rest of baseball. And we saw it last year a couple times. I mean, when they beat the Braves in game four of the NLDS last year to win that series, that was a bullpen game. I mean, Syndergaard, what, was supposed to go one time through the order and then they just kept going. So if we get to a game three, uh, you know, against – whoever it is, and they don't win in the, within the first two of the wild card series, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it's Lorenzen or it's Walker or whatever, like whoever's listed as a starting pitcher, but he's out in eight batters. I mean, they just cycle through it all hands on deck. Here comes Ranger. Here comes Lorenzen after what? Like that wouldn't surprise me, but that will become harder to do as you go through the playoffs. They need to find that third guy. Last year was Ranger. I still would want to trust Ranger if I had to. I still think he in a big spot – I trust him to get outs more than anybody else. Walker's got 14 wins, but I've got the Ranger in a big spot. And Sanchez is pushing. Sanchez is pushing, and Lorenzen, we saw throw a no-hitter two weeks ago. So a lot of options, but they got to find the right one between now and the start of the postseason. Appreciate everyone listening, watching, subscribing. Of course, our 94 WIP YouTube page. Back tomorrow. Leave a comment, leave a review. Mailbag episode coming up soon. Thanks so much for listening to WIP Daily.